Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Thank you for listening. This is Sandy Horner, Managing Director, Wealth Management at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. As we approach the end of the year, it's a great time to talk a little bit about taxes and how you can improve your tax situation. So I'm thrilled to have my colleague, Matt Smiler, BWFA Financial Planner and Tax Advisor. And today we're talking about Schedule A. Now, most of you are pretty familiar with the terminology, the standard deduction, but what about when you're utilizing Schedule A to itemize deductions? That's a bit more complex, so we're lucky to have Matt here to walk us through it. Matt, open us up. What are we going to talk about with Schedule A? Well, with Schedule A, uh, there's a few components that make up that schedule. And these are the itemized deductions that you're uh, allowed to take to offset your, or, your, your ordinary income. The components to Schedule A are uh, medical expenses, taxes, interest, and charitable contributions. The first one, medical deductions. So you start getting benefit for your medical expenses once your medical expenses exceed seven and a half percent of your adjusted gross income. So for simplicity purposes, if you had $100,000 of adjusted gross income, you would have to receive at least $7,500 of medical expenses before you receive $1 of benefit on, on Schedule A for medical expenses. So to put that simply, I make 100,000 bucks and I have $7,499 worth of medical expenses, I get no credit for that. Correct. Okay. Um, the next area is, is taxes. That's uh, made up of state and local taxes as well as real estate taxes, uh, personal property taxes. All, all of that is, is um, jumbled in there. Um, but that is capped at $10,000. So if you paid $15,000 between state and local taxes, in real estate taxes, for federal tax purposes, you're going to be limited to $10,000 tax benefit. Um, next on the list is interest. Uh, for most clients, this is going to be your mortgage interest. Uh, there are limitations to that with the, with the, um, the most recent tax code. Uh, you are limited to $750,000 of, of mortgage interest, um, meaning if you have debt that exceeds Seven hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars. There's some limitations to the amount of mortgage interest you're going to be able to deduct. Uh, the final area of Schedule A is your charitable contributions. So this is your cash and non-cash contributions. There's limitations to these um, based on your adjusted gross income. So so this is this is the area where uh, you're going to aggregate your your charitable contributions. Uh, and these four areas: medical taxes, interest, and charity uh, uh, make up your Schedule A itemized deductions. So not being the tax expert in the room, let me ask what may be a somewhat silly question. Um, but if you don't have significant medical expenses exceeding seven and a half percent, 
if um, you know you don't have uh, again that uh, tax situation over ten thousand, you don't have significant mortgage interest, you don't make a lot of charitable contributions, then you're just using the standard form and you don't even get involved with Schedule A. Most likely. Most likely. Yeah. What is, do you think, the most common misunderstanding that people have about Schedule A? Probably the medical expense component. Um, a lot of clients aren't familiar with the limitation to the medical deduction. Um, you know, there, there's a, a phase out to that. You know, what makes up medical deductions? Um, you know, typically it's anything that's medically required um, by a doctor. And the IRS provides um, some specific guidance on that, on, on what you can actually deduct. Um, the other thing is taxes. A lot of people don't realize that there is a cap to the deduction you can take for taxes. So, you know, I, I would say those are the two big areas that there are some misconceptions about. And a couple of those were revised and updated during the 2018 uh, tax code updates, and they have a sunset provision, am I correct? Correct, 2026. So, yeah, so it's possible that we see these revert back, or who knows what the government will decide to do between now and the end of 2026, or I guess actually the end of 2025. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And then, is this a good... Um, kind of example of how we talk to people about aggregating their charitable giving in certain years and maybe not in other years so that they could take the benefit of Schedule A. So, for example, gee, you know, you only give 10000 or excuse me, let me rephrase that. You only give $1,000 to your church every year. So it's not going to be enough to utilize Schedule A. But if instead of giving 1000 every year, you gave them a singular $10,000 gift one year to represent gifts for the next 10 years, then now I can help myself out and use Schedule A and get a better tax break personally? Is that Yeah, we're, we're doing a little bit more planning and being strategic, um, you know, if you're charitably inclined uh, to get the money to the charity, but doing it in a, uh, a more tax beneficial way. Accelerating some charitable giving, aggregating some of those uh, contributions together could certainly give uh, a client a little bit more tax benefit versus um, doing a smaller amount over multiple years. And, 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 you know, clearly, I, I want to be crystal clear, I'm not suggesting people don't give to charity. I'm a big proponent of that. I raise money for philanthropic institutions all the time. But, as you just said, if there's a way to do it a little bit smarter so that the charitable institution wins and the giver wins, then why not take that approach? That's right. You could do the same thing if you wanted to with a donor-advised fund, couldn't you? Correct. Instead of giving a specific charity, uh, you know, that accelerated uh, contribution, you could put it into a donor advised fund and still give them maybe an annual contribution from there. But you're taking that big tax deduction up front. So the bottom line, folks, is with the end of the year just around the corner, uh, you don't have a minute to waste. Now is the time to be thinking about whatever year-end tax planning situation you might be in, whether it's charitable giving or some other facet of saving a few bucks on your 2023 tax bill. 
As always, we encourage you to check with your tax advisor, your financial advisors on this information before acting. If you do not have an advisor or you would like a second opinion, you are always welcome to contact us here at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. We'd be happy to speak with you. There's no cost or obligation for that. Matt, I want to thank you for joining me for this tax talk today. And folks, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.